1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America-wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X.ca on Oilers Radio,
0: 630-CHED. It's 1234 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that Oilers now sent you Stoffer uh, well, I'm a big fan. I love steak, specifically Alberta steak. So it's the greatest steak you've ever had at Roos Chris Steakhouse. A little bit of uh a note here to pass along with a story that's just sort of broken the last couple minutes involving former Edmonton Oilers uh, general manager and head coach Craig McTavish it is being reported uh, by uh, Simon uh, Smezberg uh, who is a prominent uh, European hockey writer that Luzan has hired Craig McTavish as their new head coach after releasing uh, Vili Peltonen, and so Craig McTavish will go to Switzerland and you know what That's a good league to work in. They don't fire people for the sake of firing people, as uh, Mac T found out with Russia. And so he gets uh, an opportunity to uh, head over to Switzerland, one of the most beautiful places on the planet. So there you have it. Craig Matavish once played on a line with our next guest, Louis DeBrusque, who is our Oilers now headliner for Touchback Safety. When it's time for safety training, trust the experts at touchbacksafety.com. Your safety is their goal. And, Louis, as you know... Uh, and you know better than me. Craig McTavish is a pretty—he's um, a pretty eclectic guy, and I think he's a guy that would love uh, the, the experience that he's going to have here in, in Switzerland. It's right up his alley at this stage in his uh, hockey career, isn't it? Louie, you there? And yep, you there? You. Yeah, we got you. Yep, we're good.
1: Okay. I, I also think you know one of the things about Craig. Is the fact that he's he always wants to work and he's never been afraid to change it up and try things, which uh, which I've always commended him for because you know when you look at what he's done over the course of his career, he's always he's always been willing to go back to work and hone his skill. Yeah. He loves to coach; that's what he wants to do. That's his passion. So I, I, I respect that, and I, I know he had a tough time over in Russia, but uh, as you mentioned, this is a, this is a great league. This is somewhere he can go and and continue to coach. And they're lucky to have him.
0: Yeah, like I mean, let, let's face it here. There's certain places you, if you're going to work in Europe, the KHL for a head coach. I mean, they fire guys left and right. You know, specifically, and I hate to say it, but I would say that they, they think nothing of getting rid of North American players or North American coaches. Nothing. That's how that league works. Um,
1: I, I can and- only speak from what I've heard, but. And from what's been done but yeah it's a pretty volatile league in that, there we go in that it's volatile. Area. so i mean i don't think there's any other word to really describe it whereas so, I, I mean the Swiss, just,
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah it's a tough place
0: to, to go and do that the swiss league conversely is seen by many as the you know it's obviously it's a beautiful country it's a great league it's really high level hockey no get me wrong the khl like, if you're looking for a couple guys to push for spots in the NHL that are, you know, putting up numbers in the KHL of 25 or 26, you got to look at those guys. I mean, the Oilers are looking at a couple guys right now moving forward. Uh, there's
1: been a bunch that have jumped in from the Swiss League, too, though. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's you know, a, I mean, there's well, there's a guy right there that played over there. I mean, Haas, you, there's a couple guys in Columbus that we saw early in the year that have been up and down. but. I mean, listen, it's uh, it's proving itself as a good development league as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Case in point, Austin Matthews heading over there as well. Hey, Louie, just just before we get to the trade deadline and all that stuff, uh, I know you're a movie buff. Do you know which movie they're making a remake of? Candyman. Do you remember? Candyman. Do you don't, remember? don't say it three times in the mirror. Right. <laughs> Louie, Virginia Madsen. In Candyman, you know what I'm saying? Like I'll
1: tell you what, that guy eventually. He, that that I think the guy that played the bad guy in that, or the Candyman in that, he uh, went on to, to play in uh, all that series with Spartacus, I believe. Spartacus, oh, Tony Tony the,
0: Todd is that the actor? Is yeah, that, he that
1: was, I think he, I think he was the main guy in Spartacus. That was, uh, I think I might be getting the wrong guy, but he was. Uh, I'll tell you what, as a kid watching that one, you <laughs> were afraid to go to the mirror and say it three times.
0: Yeah, well, Virginia Madsen had a she had a run there, right? Like she was in Hot Spot with Jennifer Connelly and uh, Don Johnson. It was directed by um, Dennis Hopper, and she had a, about a three or four year window. Where, ah, okay, she's in that movie. That's good. <laughs> so, you like her, I take it I uh, Yes, very much so, so <laughs> okay. She was talented, very talented So there you have it Alright, uh, yeah, they're doing a remake uh, Peel, is it Jordan Peel? Is that his name? Apparently he's directing it So uh, it should be I, I think Wes Craven actually wrote The script there, the screenplay to Candyman I could can be wrong, but anyhow Somebody will educate me and tell me how much of an idiot I am I hear that on a daily basis on this show Alright, Louie, how was uh, your time in Toronto For the NHL trade deadline?
1: It was great, to be honest with you. It was probably one of the smoothest ones um, that I can recollect, just because of the way the trades kept trickling in. You know, it was it was a consistent day, and that's all you can really ask for on a day like that when you're trying to, you know, talk about individual teams, trades that are made, go around the league and see what's happening. It was a very busy day, I thought, which for us makes the time fly by, and I'm sure for the people at home as well. There's continually stuff that was coming in. Um, it just it just kind of went by smoothly. It was almost like it was rehearsed out to to go that way it doesn't always happen that way and uh we were appreciative that it did because it always gives you something to talk about
0: assess ken holland's body of work
1: i like it you know what listen he did more than i thought he was going to do to be honest i you know from his conversation previous to the trade deadline day he said he would be disappointed if he didn't do something small but uh, i like what he did and i mean obviously what he did has already paid off for the team um with some play. I, I mean, Ennis comes in, Afanasio comes in, two guys that are skilled, that add speed. Uh, I like those moves up front for sure. It gives you depth, it gives you options to where you're going to put guys, and when guys get healthy and get back in the lineup, we'll see where everybody shuffles in and where they where they slot. Uh, Mike Green gets brought on board a veteran defenseman, a right-handed defenseman. Now, I know Afanasio and Green got hurt last night, so I'm not too sure what they're um, Timetable is on the return short term but, I would uh, say short term i would you yeah. would hope um, never like to see that but uh, but listen, uh, he, he said he did want to add he wanted to add depth that 's exactly what he did uh, i i thought he I thought he did a lot that day to be honest with me, he did more than I thought he was going to do
0: he changed the complexion of the team too right by adding a little bit of speed up front, and they 're going to get you know obviously. Who knew the Oilers were going to miss? I mean, just think about the whole Yamamoto situation. 21 points in 21 games, plus 14. He's helped drive that dry-settled Nugent-Hopkins line. They've been a different line without him. But when the Oilers get healthy here, they got a chance to have a fast team, Louie, and come a team shift after shift.
1: Really aggressive fast team, but also skilled. And that's the most important thing is that you can make plays under that speed and under that pace. You know, for me, I, I mean, that Yamamoto ankle, when I saw that happen live, I was, you know, convinced that he had to have felt that but he came back and played didn't really seem to bother him too much but you knew when it twists like that, that that's just not a good thing we've seen that a couple of times quinn hughes had one earlier in the year where he turned it over very similar like that and you thought it was gonna be pretty bad but he was back relatively quickly so um you're hoping that yamamoto kind of takes that same track and gets back and like this he's been amazing he's been just a A revelation, really. I didn't expect him to come in and have the impact that he's had in the National Hockey League and especially has just solidified that second line. But I like the way Tyler Ennis jumped in. You know, Tyler Ennis is one of those players, and I said on the trade deadline show that, you know, listen, he's pretty far away from those dynamic years that he had in Buffalo, where he was one of the most obese, one of the must watch guys in the league with the way that he scored goals and the way he played. He was just incredibly skilled, made terrific plays. Um, has suffered some injuries over the years and has had to battle through those, but he's kind of back to his old self this year. He's getting, he's scoring goals very similar to how he did early in his career, but definitely has a nose around the net to make a play in traffic and is a nice little substitute right now. Um, if wherever you want to pluck him into the lineup to be able to jump in and give you a little bit of energy. Athanasio is the guy for me having a tough year this year after a great year last year. And I think that, you know, you could tell already in the small sample size that he's played, he's made some great plays and he has a ton of speed. And I think he's really, really excited to be with the Edmonton Oilers. And that's, that's a real positive moving forward. And as we mentioned, you hope that injury isn't too long-term. Um, no, you know, listen. Cassian comes back Saturday. That's another option. You can slip into the lineup, put him somewhere. It's it, it's coming together. When Kleffbaum gets healthy, Russell, they've got some guys that are pretty banged up right now. But when everybody gets healthy, there'll be decisions to made, be made. And I think again, as Ken Holland has talked about all, all along, and the same with Dave Tippett, that internal competition becomes even greater. Who's going to be in the lineup? Who's going to be out? Now you're fighting just to play. And that's
0: never a bad thing to have that that makes your team a lot better well it's interesting Louie I mean I we come back and, and Vegas were the better team last night there was no question now flurry was good early but we've got we got a bunch of you know I'm getting texts from some guys and maybe it's the order the the order haters out there I mean the team is still 10 games over 500 they're 33 23 and eight Vegas had one key player out Alex Tuck the orders had five or six and when you're playing a team as
1: good as Vegas Louie you need all your guys don't you just had a delivery at the door, and my dog was uh, getting a little aggressive there. <laughs> Not aggressive, just happy. But um, yes, yeah, Ass- assertive. Assertive. Yeah, assertive. 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 <laughs> protective. Oh, that's a better word. Protective. Um, yes, absolutely. And when you look at that, that game could have gone so different. I mean, Flory stoned a few guys early in that game, especially Dreiser on the backhand side the one time he extended the pad. Yep. Um, I don't know exactly what time it was in the period, but it was one of those saves where you're like, wow, that should have been a goal. You know, that should have gone in the net. I didn't like the first goal on Koskinen nope. by Reddy, but it is Max Reddy that shot the puck, and he scored 30 goals of, what is it, seven times now or six times? Yep. I mean, six times. From, especially from that position down the right-hand side, I don't know if there's a better left-handed shot that shoots the puck better off that right side than Max Pacioretty at full fly. He, he's unbelievable. He's incredible at shooting that puck. That was a laser. He picked that spot. That was by design. That's not a fluke goal, but I still don't think it should have gone in. And then Koskinen was outstanding in the second period. So I mean, um, you know, I think that dry side one was pretty early too. It could have been really could have been first early, shift. really like, yeah, it could have been early really quick. Yeah, it was the first shift, I believe. It could yeah. have been just a different game, a different tone to the game. But as the game went on, and I think Drew Remendez said it best, he just said poor management of the puck. different situations where you just make little tiny mistakes that don't seem like right. much. But it just allows a very good team. To manipulate and to do what they do best finish they're going to they're going to make good in those opportunities this is the top team in the division they're there for a reason they've clawed their way back up into that spot they made a couple changes tweaks and things in their in their roster and listen they're they're a team that has always rolled four lines under gerard galant they did that and now under peter DeBoer, they're going to do the same thing they're rolling four lines Every single lines knows exactly what they're out there to do and how they have to play the game. You have to have everybody ready to play against the Vegas Golden Knights or you'll see what happened there. That was a lot closer game than 3 nothing, But at the same time, they just took chances away. Their goaltending stood on their head. And when they had to score goals, they scored them.
0: Yeah. Louis, uh, you can shed some light on this from a couple of three different perspectives. One is an analyst. Two is having, you know, watching your own son play in the league. But three also, maybe the difference from when you played. Because when you played, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, did any of the teams you played for charter on a regular basis?
1: There was a few, yes. There okay. were a few in the league that did. I believe Detroit had their own plane back then. Some some of the, yeah, there, there was only a few, though. It was not the norm, let's put it that way. So, it sca- was, was a norm to travel, travel uh, um, like we did. And we didn't fly. Uh, we didn't fly charter. We food commercial.
0: I mean, we have significant star players in the NBA that pick and choose when they're going to play. Right? We saw that last year with Kawhi when he was playing for the Raptors. And where I'm yep. going with this is scheduling. And you know, I I talk to guys all the time, and I you can just tell with certain teams when the energy and and, and where, where scheduling to me takes effect. Louis is. Okay, that second chance off a first chance. Like, you get robbed on the first chance, you follow up with it. And if you don't have all your guns and you've been playing a bunch in a short time frame it comes back to bite you. So at times, the owners have had advantageous scheduling at home, and they've they've done okay. And frankly, advantageous scheduling on the road. They didn't have a lot of games in January, and they won a bunch of games in January. Didn't have a lot of games in October early and won a bunch of games. But when you get the three and four compressed schedule, and then you're down a couple bodies, and it's not – these are factors. These are not excuses. There's a difference. But it is a real thing in today's hockey, isn't it?
1: It is, but I think that unlike – I don't think a hockey player would want to take the time off. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't. I honestly think if you give guys the option to take the night off and give them a break, I don't think they'd want to. I, I truly don't. Maybe late in the season, like I'm talking the last five games and you're guaranteed a playoff spot. If you're going to sit out a Bergeron or someone like that just to give them a little break so they don't get hurt, number one. And number two, they can rest up because they're older and they need that rest and they play a certain type of game. But uh, I think... For me, for the most part, I don't think that uh, guys would want to take nights off. They they want to play games. They want to be involved. They want to be with their team. But um, getting back to the factors, yeah, it, it is. Every team goes through it. It's a tough grind. There's no question about it. And I think in that sense too. And not trying to make any excuses, but it was a one nothing game into the third period with the power play. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was a one nothing game entering the third period, and you're starting the period on the power play. So. It's a pretty close game in a back-to-back situation. Lost a tough one the night before. And you know what? You're going up against the best team in the division. A team that's just rolling. They want to play hard. They're going to come at you in ways. And they know you played the night before. It's just the way they play. And it's a very tough building to play. player. It is. So, I, I mean, I have to look at it in that regard. I didn't like the first goal for Koskinen, but I loved his second period. I thought he was great. He was holding the minute the second period. Yep. And then the third period, it was a power play goal against. A shot from the blue line through traffic. Okay. What are you going to do? I mean, okay, take your hat off, give them credit. They score goals when they need to score goals, and their goaltender made the saves when he needed to, and they couldn't get one by them. Louis Simple can, as that.
0: Louie, will the Evans owners make the playoffs?
1: I sure hope so. I mean, that's, to me, yeah, I believe they're going to make the playoffs. I, you know, I've been break, I don't usually do this, Bob. You know, you and I talk about schedules a lot, but right. I don't usually go down the final 18 games and say, okay, what do they have to do to get in there? Yeah. But 500 gets them in. For me, five hundred gets in, an and I don't care how you do that. Five hundred, you can get a you know a couple of those in the extra, but you got to come out with you know eighteen points. Is kind of what I'm looking at.
0: Yeah, I want twenty. I
1: think that gets in. No twenty would I think guarantee. I think I think it gets you to ninety four points. I, I think because it's so tight though, because it's such a race, and there's so many teams that are eating points up here and there that it may take a little less to get in. That's just my guess. You know, somebody might go on a rip here, and there might be a few teams that just take off from the bunch. But they're all pretty closely gathered together. It's going to be interesting, but it's 100%. And breaking it down, they've got 12 games against the West, go 500 against them, six games against the East, go 500 against them. You can break it down any way you want to. Games they should win, games that will be a bonus if they do win it. I don't care how it's done. They've got a nice lengthy homestand at the end of the year where they can buckle in and just really assert themselves and start to get comfortable and play, um, that's that's where they can really really finish it off. They're tough teams, though. They're, they're, the schedule's not easy by any means. There is no easy team in this league. There's no easy building to play in this league, especially the teams they are going to be playing down the stretch. There's a lot of them that are battling for position and trying to get into the playoffs. It's going to be a grind, but you know what? That's the way it should be. But I do believe they will get in there. I do believe they have the ability and the team to win nine of their 18 games or at least go 500 some way, shape, or form in points and get in there.
0: One, one final one for you. Do the additions that Ken Holland made mean that the Edmonton Oilers can go on a run if they make the playoffs?
1: I think any team can go on a run. I really do, and I don't see why the Edmonton Oilers can't. they got two of the best players in the world. Well, actually, they do have the two best players in the world right now. So, <laughs> I, you know, for me, yeah. Right, let me just rephrase that. So I don't, I don't understand why they wouldn't be able to. You know, I mean, listen, this is, it's exciting times for Edmonton fans. Exciting times for this team. I mean, they're, they're a team that's building. They're a team that's working towards something. And listen, this year, all season long, they've been able to stay right in that mix. They've been able to climb out of holes that they've dug. They've been able to go on some runs and some stretches. I mean, look at their last little stretch here. They, they've had a terrific stretch. Since December 31st, they've lost four games in regulation. That's two months of hockey. That's pretty good. That's right up there with the Bruins. Right? That's stops of the league. So that's, that's, a, that's a real solid stretch. And through that, they've lost McDavid. They've lost Clefbaum, They've had injuries to other players. And they've been able to adjust and find a way to, to battle, win games, and find points that's that's what it's all about it's about managing the year too it's not just about game to game it's about how you deal with that adversity throughout the year and edmonton let's face it hasn't dealt with that adversity very well over the years but this year they've been able to manage and that's just a testament to the team getting deeper a testament to the coaching staff a testament to the players they brought in and uh, also the development program you got to give bakersfield a lot of credit for that the, the players down there um under Jay woodcroft have developed and when they had had to jump in there and grab a guy here and there and pluck him in, they've been able to come up and provide.
0: Louie, great stuff. Thanks for your time. All right, bud. That's Louie DeBras from NHL Hockey and Rogers. 1254 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now.
1: This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 chat
0: 1256 in Edmonton. This fall, you can join the President of New West Travel, Dennis Lalliberti. Spectacular 20-day trip to South Africa. This tour takes you through Cape Town, Coastal Villages, Victoria Falls, plus two exciting safaris. Enjoy five-star hotels, dinners, and guided tours. To book now and save $1,000 per couple, reach New S Travel at newestravel.com. We will open up the phone lines and get your texts. I'm asking for your best-case scenario for Oilers line combinations with the personnel I have once everybody gets healthy uh, down the stretch. Uh, Brendan Escott, Bob Stauffer with you in Oilers now. Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack coming up at 105. But right now at this time, we'll head off to a global news, weather, traffic update. Eileen Bell.
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.